let's do this. I was thinking maybe we could have the light turn red when you come in. So we're actually getting some lights. Yeah, we're getting some lights for in here soon. That'd be dope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, we're going to have multicolored LEDs, actually, so that way we can do all colors. Yeah. That's going to be Remote nice. Remote control. Yeah, because we're lazy. We ain't getting up for that shit. <laughs> 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 all right. We need everybody. somebody with glow stick nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, they going to think we're on our way to a festival or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, today, I forgot what we were doing. Oh, no, no, no. Yes. Get excited all over again. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast today. We've got a really interesting one that hopefully we can, you know, keep contained. Um, but, you know, we've got yourself, me. You've got yourself. You've got yourself, but you've got me, Matt. <laughs> I'm so excited for this one that I can't even do the intro. I've gotten so good at doing this part. When we first started, I, I, I couldn't do it at all. I was just like this, and then we just started talking. So, yeah, you got your host, Matt, Charles, and Troy's back in the house. Yeah, you're. Yeah, it's been a while. The holidays are over, so we got Troy back. We'll, we'll have some more people on here pretty soon, but today we're going to talk about free will. And whether or not it actually exists. Dun, we're gonna, dun, dun. Yeah. We're going to go over a couple of different possibilities here. And hopefully I won't crush too many dreams. <laughs> so to get this started, I'm, I'm going to make the baseline statement that free will, especially the way that people think about free will, does not exist. So <laughs> that's why I'm on this side of the table. <laughs> Prepare to get your butthole puckered. <laughs> <laughs> and my opposition on the other side of the table, what do y'all think about free will as a baseline statement? And then we'll get into it. I'll let you go. Because you know I'm coming in with artillery. Uh, free will is, um, it depends on, oh gosh. I know. Would it help no, if we had a mutual no, definition for free will? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so how do you define free will? The ability to decide an action in the moment mm -hmm. to decide what your action will be, but not necessarily mm -hmm. the consequence of said action. Okay. So you get to decide Pretty the action, but not what happens. Absolutely. I don't think, I don't think the ability to decide what you want to do should negate the freedom from consequence. So you can always decide. And I okay. think there's certain levels of knowledge that allow you to make more wise decisions based on experience and pattern recognition and repetition. But I don't think you're ever going to be able to control the outcome. You can only control what you do. And I think what you, when you control what you do, that in and of itself is the essence of free will. Nice. I like that you uh, included the outcome in that. Definitely. Well, so, but the yeah. definition itself, being able to make a decision regardless of the outcome mm -hmm. feels like you're just making decisions, not thinking about the outcome. No, not not at all. You have no. to. We can try it's our best to control to think the, outcome. Of the outcome. Yeah, that's what we learned from the time we're a child. If I cry this way, my mother will come and I can suckle a tit, or she'll come because I'm uncomfortable or because I shit my diaper. And so we learn a basic pattern recognition in that, but we don't know what's going to happen. We just know if we wham, 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 now somebody's going to get tired of hearing that shit. Okay, but do we actually know if we wham, 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 or do we wham, 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 and then figure out when we wham, somebody comes? That's the primitive aspect of it that we don't really know. Okay, so we we our bodies knew to wah, and then we recognized when we wah somebody came. All right, Absolutely. right. So the wah wasn't actually our decision. We just learned how to use it. That's a good way of looking at it. So we didn't make the decision. We didn't freely act on it. Eventually, you freely act on it because some kids cry. Do you? Just, yeah, kids are highly manipulative. Oh, okay, okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. What I'm saying based on that definition is that you wad, there was a reaction and a consequence to it. Mm -hmm. You then figured out if I wah, I can get something. So when I want something, I wah and I get it. Yeah. So the wah is just fulfilling a need, just fulfilling a desire, right? Yeah. So did you make the decision to wah or did the need or the desire cause the wah? I don't know. I don't have like a nipple flow chart. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want milk? Like, <clears throat> okay. So I, I like how you played that in there. That's his, that, that, that's his basic premise on, on, on free will. Why he says it doesn't exist. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Through that, that wah theory right into there. Uh, well, I, I mean, if, if, if I'm working with the example that I'm given based on the definition that he was using, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, you what was it well. again that, we make decisions, we freely make decisions regardless of the outcome. Was that what it is? Mm. Basically, yeah. Okay. 
originally my my problem with that was the regardless of the outcome because if you're freely making a decision you're making a decision to get a specific outcome in this dichotomy okay but why is that a dichotomy i didn't give you two options this is just a we situation. learn the structure of the world we live in slowly and our ability to adapt to the world we live in is what makes us what's deemed as successful or is not successful mm-hmm. but those variants of the world we live in are strictly man-made Remember we go into the realm of nihilism and why are we here in the cosmic universe and all that good stuff? Yes. We're just the universe. So we can't look and say within a universe that is completely random but still structured, there's no free will. I wouldn't say that it would be structured just because there's no free will. Our consciousness is what makes us gods. Makes us gods? Yeah. How does it make us gods? We have free will. But, okay, justify having free will is what that's the whole point of this uh, see you, that, that's a blanket that, statement. that was a that was right? a loaded statement that was, that was loaded a very loaded statement um and, and unload this so that, that's what we're trying to get to is the justification for us actually having free will um okay and so the existence of i id and ego within ourselves that we've we've defined as those through psychology if we want to take that brown but we, we know psychology. within ourselves mm-hmm. that there's a level of consciousness and awareness that exists within ourselves, right? Right. And if we're not going uh, solipsism route and saying, hey, we're in a, we don't really have control. If mm-hmm. we're saying, okay, hey, I can choose who I want to become. And that's another thing that makes America great is because you can change your direction at any point in time. But I learned which environment I'm in my adaptability I learn the consequences of decisions within the environment I'm in we create rules and structure and politics within our environment that's who we are as a human species right as a parasite I mean you can see that in other parasite mm-hmm. species there's, there's still an organizational structure mm-hmm. within parasites so us being the highest predator on a parasitic scale I guess you could say we choose every day there is either a conscious that we have defined as adaptable and as a reliable source that we can, we can, I can look at this guy and say, when he comes to work every day, I could expect this from him. When he goes home, he knows the rules and he knows how to treat people or he cares about, or he has philanthropic efforts and he fits within the dichotomy of the world we live in and of the, the structure of our, uh, of the structure of our nation. And so he is a protect, a productive citizen, right? Mm-hmm. He has adapted and learned his environment. He's fully functional. Okay. If you go out into the wilderness and you just cast someone into the wilderness, you have to learn the structure of the world in the wilderness. And it's completely different, but you under, you learn to there's free will there because you can be completely selfish and say, okay, I only want to take care of me and I don't care about the world around me. And eventually you're going to run into chaos. Mm hmm. Or you can, what was I saying? Not with free will, excuse me, I'm You can sorry. be selfish and take care of yourself or. Or you can learn to get back and adapt to the environment you're in and blend in with the, with the realm that you're in. Which is also selfish. Which is also relatively a bit of selfish. Or you can say, you know, uh, okay, here, let me just cut this. Yeah, because you're back. approaching it from morality and morality in and of itself is selfish. That's true. Let me just say, hey, we were going to talk about uh, mental health aspects of things, right? Mm-hmm. I can't look and say that a schizophrenic has free will. And I can and say those different personalities are developed and everything that happens is a level of free will. Schizophrenics don't have multiple personalities. They just hear voices. Well, there you go. You're you're talking about uh, dissociative identity disorder. My bad. I mixed it too. That's fine. I mixed it too. But those are all forms of mental health issues, right? And we've, we've identified those as mental health issues because they affect a person's ability to adapt, right? To so that agree, takes yeah. away an aspect of free will when things are being forced upon the, the construct that allows for free will. So is free will in your mind all about adaptability? Uh, that's tough because I say there's freedom of choice, not freedom of consequence. So mm-hmm. you can choose not to adapt. And I think there's people that do that all the time. That's what gypsies are. That's what the, another the, way to say that would be maybe. Um, well, uh, okay. So gypsies choose not to adapt to modern, you know, social or societal structures that's and what everything. Created as a construct, okay. they said we don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah, but they've still adapted in their own way. They've still adapted to survive. They have their own social construct, and it's just different than ours. But that's not to say that they're refusing to adapt. They're refusing to assimilate. 
That's true. That was a poor example. That was a poor example. That's they right. got their own world. Yeah, they've got well, their own world. But yeah. I mean, you could do that between any country. Yeah. You know, we, we could look at, you know, the, the Eastern civilization versus Western civilization and say, oh, well, you know, you can't say they refuse to adapt. They're just not assimilating to the way that we think this society should be structured. You got Jeremiah right? and Obadiah out there with the carts and the horses and we don't listen to <laughs> <laughs> You got that whole group of community out right, there. Right, right. So. so yeah, you've got the the what are they? Amish. Amish people. Amish. There you go. What were you gonna say, Charles? Oh, uh instead of adaptability where you think where you kinda what I was taking away from that was um, you know, making your your free will choices based on you know, moving forward for yourself to achieve your full potential. Yes, self-actualization. Self-actualization, right. Part of the hierarchy of needs that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, not on the podcast. But we, we can get into that. But, okay, so in all of that example, though, you're talking about society developing and, you know, coming up with these constructs, the way that we have society organized, the hierarchies that we have, the way that people behave, all of those are based on our survival and our survival are based on our needs and our desires. Do we control our needs and our desires? No. Then we don't have free will because everything that we've done for the survivability of our species is dictated by our needs and our desires. So you brought up the id and the psychological aspect of all this. The reason why our brain, like, cause we know that we do not control most of the functions in our body. The reason we do that is because consciously we could not control all of those without forgetting something and then, you know, we'd have people passing out because they forgot to breathe or anything else like that. <laughs> right. I mean, it would happen, though. Yeah, like, absolutely, like, absolutely. If you had to consciously think for every I'll heartbeat, be be beat, breathe, so beat, breathe, beat, breathe, you wouldn't be able to do anything else. Right. right. So our brain unconsciously controls most of our functions. Well, now you have me thinking about breathing. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's it. You can consciously think to breathe. Right. right. You can consciously think about it and you can choose to breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out. But the moment you get distracted, you know, you look over at the shiny, shiny, your brain just takes that over for you and keeps it going. Mm-hmm. You don't actually have to think about it, okay. but you can't consciously take over your heartbeat. Like you can't, you, can. you can slow it, but that's based on calming yourself down. You're not actually taking control of your heart. You're taking control over your emotional state and that slows your heartbeat, but you're not actually physically taking control of your heart. Okay. All I right. Respect that. So these needs and desires that live within our brain all right, that, that dictate, you know, eating, sleeping, showering because we like to be clean or, you know, because we want a mate who mate wants us to be clean because they want us to smell good. So we shower. So all of our actions are based around these needs and desires. We don't get to choose the needs or the desires. Therefore, we're not making a free will decision about the things that we do. Everything is controlled by our desires. And the way that I break this down simply is a man is free to act as he wants, but he's not free to choose his wants. That's why I say that free will doesn't exist. You can't why? choose your wants. What are hermits? Yeah. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Anytime that you think that you've made it, like you're like, okay, this is what I'm desiring, but I'm going to make a change, right? Mm-hmm. right? I'm going to desire something else. It's simply because you're desiring to change that desire. Something has caused you to change the way that you're living. So when you talk about the hermits and everything, the guys that used to be CEOs that were billionaires and everything, at one point in time, they, they desired to be rich. They desired to be powerful. And then they got to that point and they weren't happy. They weren't fulfilled. They were completely dissatisfied and unhappy with their life. And that desire to be happy, they realized, came from not having these things. So they gave it all up. It was just one desire replaced by another. But have you ever actively changed what you desire? I want. Uh, there's a whole book on that. It's called The Sedona Method. How does it work? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Because the only time anybody has ever changed any of their desires is because they were motivated by another desire. That's why when, you know, somebody like wants to get clean. Dwaskin? How the hell do you pronounce this guy's name? I don't know. <laughs> okay, the Sedona method. Um, it's a simple, powerful, and easy-to-learn technique that shows you how to uncover your natural ability to let go of any painful or unwanted feeling in the moment. What makes the Sedona method a powerful tool that really works <laughs> is that it's a process you can use anytime, any place to improve any area of life, and to uncover happiness and joy that is right within you. So it's a matter of removing wants and desires and expectations. Okay, so what would why would somebody go out and get this book and read it and implement these tools? Because they're tired of being uh, let down by their own expectations. And Could realizing. you say it's because they desire to be happy? I see what you did. 
Self-help books make all of their money off of that one desire alone. Is it happiness or is it balance? If balance makes you happy. It, it, How could balance not make you happy? Well, I think there are people that thrive on chaos. No but they find balance in that chaos. So I guess you could say the same thing. Exactly. Uh, but that's why I say that free will doesn't exist um, is because we don't get to control any of these desires. And most of them are based around functional needs. You know, it's like, yes, you like, but let's say you go make a sandwich right now. All right. Mm, a, a, sandwich a tur- sounds good. Turkey, turkey <laughs> sandwich, provolone cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, the whole thing, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Right? Put a tomato <laughs> on that. <mother. laughs> I said tomato and cheese. Okay, okay, there we go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> but so, so you could say, oh, I chose to go make that sandwich. Oh, Absolutely. Well, you made that sandwich because you need to eat and you didn't choose to, to need to eat. You don't have to eat though. You can choose not to eat. That's what fasting is. Okay. Yes, but people choose to fast for either spiritual or health needs. How's that not free will? Because they're fulfilling another desire. No, you can yes, just fast are. for. You can be broke as fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but then here's the thing: you didn't make the choice to fast. You're fasting because you're broke as fuck. No, you can be. You can say, "Hey, I want my kid to eat," or "I want you know your desire to take care of your child." I could wait until tomorrow to eat so I have more money and I can get what I want. Some people fasted before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. And they have a reason for it. So you're saying free will is the choice that you're making? I'm saying that free will doesn't exist, so I wouldn't even try and put anything to it. So free will is, regardless of what you decide to do, you're going to decide to do something. And I think that in essence of itself is free will. Regardless of the outcome, you choose, You might be aware of the outcome. You might not be aware of the outcome, but the choice you make is yours, and that's where responsibility lies. If we take away free will entirely, we take away accountability and responsibility for our decisions. That's why I told you that there are consequences to this that I don't like, but they're consequences that we have to acknowledge. So, the fact that free will doesn't exist, that we're, we're motivated by outside forces for anything and everything that we do. And we're motivated by intrinsic forces for anything and everything like we what? do. Like uh, what? The desire to be loved and accepted which is a desire that we did not choose to have that is built into our biological needs to make. Is it? Yes. Now, because here's the thing. We could break down love as to whether or not we're supposed to mate for life or whether we're supposed to just mate. Or if it's just a chemical reaction that we don't Well, everything we do is a chemical reaction because we're controlled by our brains and our brains are just squishy meat with chemical reactions happening inside with electrical impulses on top of it. So, yes, love is a chemical reaction. But is there that that's saying is there something outside of the chemical reaction to love? And I don't think that that's true. I, I think that love is a biological need that we've possessed simply to find mates, desirable mates, to produce kids. I don't I think, think that's that there's anything supernatural of love because you can love people that you have no attachment to whatsoever. Yes, but we're societal creatures that have always worked within a pack to survive. We've always needed other people. I could say that an attraction would be a chemical uh, attraction of that eros level of love would be a chemical response. But I think love is a very conscious decision that's made every day. You um, demonstrate love is an action in what you do and the choices you make. And that, and that in and of itself is free will. And yet that there's a desire being like fulfilled by keeping that love alive. Not always. How, how are you not fulfilling a desire? People love people aren't that, that aren't loved back by them all the time. Oh, okay, but that's not that has nothing to do with whether the other person loves you back or not. Okay, explain. Okay, so here's the thing: our desires are just what make us happy, that what drive us, that feed ourselves. It doesn't matter what we get back from another person off of that. Then why right? do you keep a dog? Because I like my dog. Why do you like your dog? Because he makes me happy. He gives me serotonin doses. Why does your Why does your dog give you serotonin doses? Because we figured out a long time ago that dogs were helpful to humanity and we've kept them around as pets. What does your dog do for you? Serotonin dose. That's literally it. What else does he do for me? Serotonin, I want some. I'm I'm just scared of moving into this hedonistic realm where you run across the, the fringe of sociopathic behaviors and saying that I'm not intrinsically motivated to do the things that I'm doing because there's no such thing as free will when the truth of the matter is I am there is an existence to who I am there is an existence to what I believe in there is an existence to what I want to generate in the world and that signature that I create in the world is controlled by the choices that I make and the choices that I make come with certain consequences and, and the more I educate myself on the 
the outcomes of consequences, the decisions that I make, which is wisdom through experience, then I'm that much more capable and able to control the the direction and the growth of who it is that I become as a person and what is deemed as growth in our societal structure. So in other words, you have certain desires and to meet those desires, you make these choices that have consequences that impact your environment that have positive reactions for that desire. And if my environment changes, so does my choices. Well, your choices would change to change the environment again, would it not? No. No, so you've just given up that original desire. What's a purge? Purge? Remember that whole purge movie? What if we were able to kill people that we didn't like? Okay, I think that's more for morality, but we can get to it. But let's go that direction and say, okay, hey, if we're able to do this and nobody's going to judge you, do you know how many people will be dead tomorrow at my hand? A lot. (laughs) A lot. At my at my hand alone, right? Okay, the but choice would be here's the thing: Why don't you go out and kill people? Because of who I want to be. You have a desire to be a better person. You want to be viewed as a better person than that. The moral standard that I and ethos that I've adopted as my own that mm-hmm. has been given to me by society that I've adopted as my own that I judge myself on, right? Says that I'm not going to go do those things. It's not because I'm not capable of doing those things. Right. It's not because I can't get away with doing those things. It's saying that that's exactly. I don't want to be that person and I don't want to carry that burden to me. In essence, that's free will. It's not saying I'm not incapable. It's saying I'm making a decision not to, and that's free will. Okay. So the decision not to is still based on your desire to not carry the burden of killing all those people. Mm. It's still based on a desire, but in that, but what you're saying can be overweighed by, by external consequences, exactly, or so, external external, or external actions. forces, external right? So forces. somebody could force you to make a choice that you wouldn't normally make. If I find out tomorrow that somebody that I already don't like is causing harm to my child in a sexual manner, they're dead. Okay, and that just pushed that button a little bit easier. Okay, so an external force, yeah. pushed your hand in the choice. Yeah, that's not a free choice. That's not How free will. Not? I don't have to do it. The other choice I have is forgiveness. The other choice I have is neutrality. Okay, is neutrality or forgiveness going to uh, like fulfill your desire for protecting that child? No, but it can change child? the path of my mindset. If you're convinced of it, someone would have to stop you and say, Troy, this isn't the way to go. You should forgive. I could choose that myself without an external force. Based on the desires within yourself. You would have to convince yourself. What you're doing. See, this is what I'm saying. You're free. You're free to act on your wants, but not free to choose the wants. The wants and desires, the, the wants are desires, right? They are the ones that control every action that you take because all of the actions that you take within life are, are just done to fulfill those needs and desires. But a will is the measure taken to fulfill that action. So where Which you has nothing to do with whether it is free or not. Well, you get to choice. To, you have that choice to choose where your will will go towards which action. Yeah, and that will be you determined by which desire is strong enough. Because people are like, oh, well, I desire to be rich and famous. Yeah, but you also desire to be comfortable and relaxed and everything else. And the desire to be relaxed and comfortable is why you sit at the couch watching TV all day instead of going out and working your ass off to be rich and famous. One desire simply outrode the other. Mm. <laughs> It's a much shorter podcast than I originally intended. That took me 25 minutes. (laughs) I agree with you, sir. I can see. (laughs) What do you got, Charles? Man, y'all took that conversation way around. Well, I I was letting him feel it out on his own. Because here's the thing. If I just spit out a bunch of information, Right. right? it's just easy for him to be like, nope. It's better for me to think dialectically. And allow him to give his understanding of the situation, of the the conversation or the proposition that we're talking about. And that's what I've talked about before. It's always easier to let the other person give you their point of view before you attack it. Because I could have sat here and spewed out all this crap about free will, or I could just start with his understanding of free will. Mm-hmm. That's the most proficient and, you know, as far as I would consider, positive way 
to go about doing, you know, anything like this because we had a disagreement about free will. I still think we do to some degree. And no. that's the thing. I don't, I don't no, expect I to change. I get exactly mind. what you're saying. Yeah, it, yeah. It, but that's why I said that it has consequences that I am uncomfortable with because then you look at, okay, well, murder trials. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is like when the serial killer goes on trial and we look at that and then we're like, okay, well, the free will doesn't exist. So they didn't freely choose to do anything as they want, but we're still going to punish them. Yeah. Yes. Well, why would we punish them if there's no free will? Well, because we have desires to have a society where we can feel safe. Yeah. Right. So we're going to change that environment through choices Mm -hmm. to meet our desires. So we're going to punish the serial killer. Just like when we arrest somebody for committing a crime, but we find them mentally unfit to, you know, stand trial. They're still punished. Right. They Mm -hmm. may not go to jail. They may not go to prison, but they're going to go to a psych ward. We're taking them off the street to prevent that crime from happening again. The desires of the many outweigh the desires of the few. Yeah, so we don't ha- we don't need free will to have a sense of morality, and we don't need free will to find rationalizations for punishing people for doing things that we disagree with. All right, and it's simply because it's our desires versus theirs. And as a society, for the most part, our desires are linked up simply because over time, through us surviving together as a societal species, we've made certain subjective agreements with each other about what we want society to be. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't do those because we actively like chose through free will to to make those decisions. We did it because we had a desire to survive, and this was the best way for us to do it. Well, so now perceived, today, uh, perceived, yeah, today, yeah. Well, because well, here's the thing: <laughs> could we have done it better? No. And now that was a perfect segue to get to libertarian free will since you brought it up earlier. Mm, we absolutely could have done it better. Libertarian free will. The forefathers were shitheads. We we love and we sit in what they created. Ah, see, but here's the, the thing. moral standard of what they did, they you, were horrible. You, you only horrible, get to deplorable say, people. You only get to say that sitting here in 2020 and not there with them at that exact moment. There is a different way of doing things and there always but is. Did they know that? That's not my responsibility. It is if you want to say that libertarian free will exists, you have to justify that they could have done it differently. We so, can look and say <laughs> that on, they on, acted on selfish, hold on for people greed principles and what they did and what they created in this nation. Right, but okay, just just for the people listening, libertarian free will is the concept or notion that you could go back to a point in time and make a different decision. You yourself, you don't get to go back and do it for anybody else because then that's mm-hmm. not free will. You're forcing them to make a different decision, right? So libertarian free will is like, let's say I could go back 10 years to an exact moment in time where I was making a decision and I could have done it differently. Do you actually think that that is, that, that, that would be the case that I could go back and do it differently? Because the only way I'd be able to make a different decision is if I had the knowledge of the consequences of that decision, which would prompt me to want to go back and change it in the first place. You're talking about conscious time travel. Yeah. If you went back, let's say 20 mm-hmm. years, right? Mm-hmm. If you went back, but we erased all all of the knowledge that you gained, all the experiences you had from that point to now, and we put you back in that exact point in time with only the knowledge, experience, and information that you had, would you be able to make that decision differently? There are times when I've had two choices and I've chosen one over the other, but both were great situations. Have you ever had two great job opportunities come? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you chose one? But how would you know to choose the other? Sometimes I just choose and I, I could have chose, I could have chose either so one. So your subconscious does it for you? T- no, not necessarily. I've had oh. some good opportunities where I've been like, oh, I guess I'll do this one. But it's not like a, oh, let me pro and con this out. No, no, no. It's like, do you go right or do you go left? I just chose to go right this time. But if I went back, I could be like, oh, I'm going to go left. But if. But well, you don't have any justification for that. No, there's none. That's, how uh, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm vastly aware of the fact that I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm not an expert either. I am not an expert either. I just think that it's ridiculous to say that you could go back to an exact point in time and make a different decision because you made that decision with, with the knowledge, experiences, and information that you had. All right. We only feel that we could go back and make a different decision because of the knowledge that we have now. Not the knowledge right. that we had then. You know a game of pool. Have you you played pool, right? Yeah, we played a game of pool. Ha! Huh. How about that? Did yeah, I win. I lost. Huh. Yeah, you won. you won. You <laughs> won. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> won. You definitely won. When you play pool, there's a level of strategy there that says, "Hey, I want to be two or three moves ahead, and where am I going to be with this cue ball?" Mm-hmm. But there's also other viable options available there, and you don't always. Which is just the random nature of the universe. I think through some of those. Some of those I don't. Some of those are just like, yeah, fuck it. This is not a very serious game. Let me try this route. And I, if I went back in my head, I'd maybe choose a different route. 
just maybe, in that moment. Yeah, maybe, but there's no way to to say that you would. I know me and the way I make decisions and the way my mind works. It, it's completely random okay, in that moment. But here, here's the thing: completely random. Go so. back, go back to your biological functions. Okay. Your subconscious, right? The part of your brain that makes decisions for you, regardless of your knowledge of them or not, controls your breathing, controls your heart, everything else. Mm-hmm. It is helping you make decisions based on external factors that you've experienced throughout your lifetime. That's not necessarily true. How, how is it not? Okay, check this out. Right now, I'm drinking. I have to piss like Sea Biscuit right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could get up from this podcast, slam my headphones down, interrupt the entire fucking podcast, open the door, make a huge scene about it. And go piss and announce that I can go I went to go piss. I can quietly get up. There's there's fifteen different ways that I can do this right now. Or I can hold it. Or I can just sit here and get drunk enough to where I piss on myself. Okay. Right now those are all options that are available to me. Which path I choose, to me that's free will. Are you actively choosing which one though? Because yeah. here's the thing. You're yeah. not the kind of guy to stand up and slam down my expensive headphones, cause a huge scene just so that you can go use the restroom. You don't think I'm that type of guy, but my free will could change your mind very quickly. Okay, your lack of free <laughs> will. Fuck this. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do that. Here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That, that, is, that to me is an example of a straw man argument where you throw something up and then you knock it down, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the reason why people think that that justifies them in saying that there is free will is because they just simply have a desire to prove me wrong. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the whole point of it, devil's advocate. Right. So your desire. I'm being devil's advocate, by the way, everybody. Yeah. I completely agree with this guy. I'm having now. a difficult time fighting. <laughs> now. Okay. Don't try and cop out, motherfucker. I'm not copping out. I'm not copping out. Should have seen his face when I first said your free will doesn't exist. True. Mm-hmm. I thought that's I true. punched him. I didn't originally agree with this guy, but in the course of our discussion the past 25 minutes, he convinced me relatively quickly. Uh, so. But yeah, normally when I'm ha- like when I'm having this conversation and people are like, oh, well, I raised my right hand, I could have raised my left. I was like, yeah, but you're only mm-hmm. saying that because you have a desire to prove me wrong. The fact that you raised your right hand is be- probably because you're right-handed. Charles probably would have raised his left. He's left-handed. Mm-hmm. We do things. Oh, you're left-handed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's left-handed. weird like that. Uh, My so- daughter's left-handed. Oh, okay. Never mind. Not weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> if Brennan was here, we would have been other- 50-50. He's a lefty, too. Um, but yeah, so everything is controlled by those desires. The fact that, you know, you could like people look at insignificant things of, oh, well, I pick up this, you know, this glass to take a drink. I made the free choice to do that. Well, you were probably thirsty or you're just trying to find something that, you know, randomly to be able to do that seems insignificant, which is all driven by the desire to prove me wrong. But but every action that you huh? Or it could be habitual. That as well, which we don't control our habits. Or just, and if you you happen to see it and you know what, what's in there is good. So you. Yeah, it's subconscious too. When I see you drink and we're on the same wavelength, we we pattern match at times. Um, And Mm -hmm. and so yeah, free will doesn't exist. But specifically, libertarian free will, I think, is the one that bothers people because they, and it's simply because they desire the ability to go back and make a different choice. Mm -hmm. And and I get it. I would love to go back and change. So actually, one thing, one thing, because if you think about it, if you go back far enough and change one thing, you can mm-hmm. affect most of the others. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you could put yourself in a whole new situation, live a whole new life. But the only way that any of that works is if you get to go back to that exact moment with all of your current knowledge. And that's yep. not possible. Yeah. I mean, going back in, in and of itself is impossible, but it's just the notion of libertarian free will itself I find right to be now. ridiculous. Well, okay. Yes. So far, so it's far. impossible <laughs> so for us far. to go back. If we do figure out time travel, a lot of us are going to be way happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it would be a consciousness time travel because we just want to put our consciousness in the old consciousness. We don't want to send our bodies back. Because let's face it, if you could start over and change some of the things that have happened, <laughs> there's a lot about this meat suit that I would like to avoid. <laughs> I make a lot of decisions based off of nobody comes from the future to stop me. How bad can it be? There you go. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, I almost spit juice everywhere. I have not heard that one before. I like oh. that a lot. <laughs> I have heard that How one, but I was not expecting that. That was How that bad was good. Could it be? <laughs> hey, I mean. I, kind of has a point <laughs> yeah. I mean it goes back to that whole thing what do we want time travel when do we want it that's irrelevant <laughs> 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 as soon as we get it we got it right? yeah. uh, so long as you know they're feeling well enough or happy enough or you know giving enough to bring it back and give it to us but 
you know, because there's a chance that time travel is invented before, you know, or after I die. And then, you know, I'll never get to experience it unless somebody comes back and says, hey, listen, motherfucker, you said some shit I don't like. Maybe. <laughs> I get that in the present, though. I don't need a time traveler right. for that. <laughs> right. I say plenty of things that make people uncomfortable. And and this tends to be one of them that free will doesn't exist. That that's um, a lot to chew, and I can see but, why. But and, and it does affect people because, um, you know, I we we talked about this uh, on the last one that people get a, a feeling of comfort from objectivity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a structure to it. There's a foundation. They they feel safer with that. But the more that we understand how subjective our reality actually is, and the nature of how we live our lives, the fact that we don't actually have free will because everything that we do is driven by these desires, we don't have a foundation for morality that isn't, you know, the subjective agreements that we make with each other. That shouldn't be scary. That should be motivating for people to go out and talk to more people. It should to, be freeing. Yeah, yeah, because because what that shows us is that the only way for us to productively move forward to the future is that we go out and we make those subjective agreements with each other, that we build our own foundation and that we acknowledge the desires that drive us and we find ways to change them. It sounds like we're saying that the past can be changed by our desires, mutual desires for the future. Well, the past can't be changed, but the, well, I mean, the future can be changed. The outcomes from our decisions in the past can be changed by in the present, recognizing that we all have a different desire for the yes. future. We want, like, in, for the future, we want the nation to be less racist, right? Absolutely. <laughs> right. So we're changing the consequences of the past by currently acknowledging that we have a desire for a happier nation, right? right? The only way we get to a happier nation is to end things like sexism and racism and you know the the religious intolerance and then we have to define happier for who because there's people that benefit okay, off so of it which is why it exists def- in the first place what we have to identify as well-being because morality my foundation for morality is well-being so we have to ident- identify a societal well-being and then we can make changes based on that um yeah, and true. which sam harris uh who also by the way you should read his book free will because he also explains that it's not real um, or at least gives his justifications for his proposition that it's not will, uh, yeah. not, not will. I, I think I said wheel cause I was trying to say will and real at the same time. I hate when that happens. Yeah. He's the one that actually convinced me to, uh, you know, think about free will a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so really short book. It's like 96 pages or whatever. Oh, where was I going with that? I lost it. Uh, short book, 96 pages. Oh, okay. So no, uh, Sam, Sam Harris, Harris wrote the book on free will, but he also wrote the book on morality. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, yeah. And so you know, he's got the book on morality, the moral landscape, where he talks about mor- uh, fr- well-being being the foundation for morality. And so, yeah, all I'm saying is that these shouldn't be scary notions. That when we like when we find these things out, we shouldn't. I, I know that people's immediate reaction is to pull away and fight against it because it makes oh, them yeah, uncomfortable. Definitely. Um, but I don't think I, it's strange to hear that you don't have full control over the over the you know free choices that you make right you know i mean because it's, it's from frustrating childhood that you have free will to choose to be good or choose i hate to be bad. that i hate that the the whole telling oh you can be anything you want right no you can be what you can access through society yeah you and know you have to follow up with that as long as you work hard yeah because it. it's such an open end <laughs> oh you can be anything you want all right give me a path help me guide me mm-hmm. show me where i can start like exactly how about you teach me how to figure out what i want to be don't just tell me mm-hmm. i can be it but you know give me a way to figure out what that is right Follow uh, through. yeah so that, that that frustrates me a lot when people tell their kids you can be whatever you want to be uh it's just a lazy thing <laughs> it, it, it's providing them with a temporary moment of happiness without mm-hmm. any tools for success and and that, well, that bothers when the fuck most out parents of tell their child that they have the you know full uh intent to help them yeah Yeah. the full intention of helping them achieve that yeah but that that starts in that exact moment okay so like kid comes up to you i want to be a doctor Mm -hmm. oh you can be whatever you want to be but if you want to be a doctor this is where like like give them a pathway to follow don't just Mm -hmm. be like you can be whatever you want to be and then like the kid's like awesome and then they run off to play and you're like yeah i'll figure it out with them later (laughs) <laughs> started in that exact moment right like, because success success is only as successful as it can be from the point that it's like activated 
Right. And so if you Mm -hmm. wait for that kid to grow up and, you know, they go through elementary, they go through middle school, they go through high school and then they're like, oh, where should I go to college? I want to be a doctor. Well, you fucked off for the last six years and got horrible grades. You're not going to be a doctor. Right. Right. So from that exact moment of telling your kid, well, oh, you want to be a doctor? You can be whatever you want to be. But this is what it's going to take. And if they're super young, you could bring it down to their level. Yeah. But you activate that success in that exact moment. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that was way off topic, uh, but we got there. Um, and so the point that I was originally trying to make is that I do get that it's frustrating, <laughs> it's terrifying, it's annoying, it's aggravating. But when you find out these concepts, instead of fighting against them and just holding on to this, to me, ridiculous, but I understand why people try, but but holding on to these baseless idealisms, um, you know, of, of free will and, and an objective morality, just take it for what it is. And, and take the lesson away that we have to work together if we actually want to be productive. Oh, go for it. Oh, Come which on, one man. are you? There you I'm go. I'm out here. Yeah, there oh, we yeah. go. Hey. Technical difficulties. <laughs> they just shut off the black man. <laughs> oh, shit. They want to quiet my voice. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh. I said number two. Two. Forget the bus. <laughs> That motherfucker got with Harriet Tubman and hit me with the whole train. <laughs> I think uh, Damn. we have to also look at the imperialistic structure of our society and the idea of giving people free will within that level of manipulation and making people feel that they have free will. It, th- that manipulation is necessary to keep people driven. If you think about it, no. Towards, I mean, we, we just mm. talked about success, right? Right. Success is determined within the structure of the society that we live in. There's a, there's a hierarchy. Yes. Agreed. But what is true success to you? Accomplishing a goal. What's a goal? Wealth a deterministic, huh? I said wealth beyond my years. <laughs> that, that's a success. goal. In a capitalistic market, wealth is necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. In a different society, wealth could be how much, de- how dependent you are, how self-reliable you are, versus everyone else in our market. Current in the world we live in, a society we live in here in Western culture, money gives us a level of independence. Yes, okay. but you're saying that free will motivates people to be successful in in, in our current society, right? Mm. That they, I'm saying, that they need the idea of free will to be successful. Absolutely. Okay. I think the exact opposite. I think free will is actually damaging to people's level of, of success. Okay. Because they, because if you tell somebody, okay, you're absolutely free to go out and make all of these choices and, and then you can be successful. I think on the flip side, if people recognize the fact that we don't have free will, that everything is controlled by our desires and external forces, they'll look at those external forces. They're like, okay, I, I want to meet this desire. They can then look at those external forces a little bit closer to see how they impact the possibility for their level of success. And then they'll look at this ridiculous capitalistic society we find ourselves in. And here, I'm not going to make an argument against capitalism in and of itself, right? I'm going to make an argument against our current society. Our current society is not structured for people to be successful. It's structured for the majority to stay poor so the minority can stay rich. Absolutely. All right. So if you take a closer look at those examples and then you realize that the only way for you to be able to fulfill that desire is to change those external forces, all right, then you'll make the choices to start changing those forces. You'll change society, the environment you're in, to help you better reach the fulfillment of that desire. So to me, I think people actually acknowledging the fact that these external forces has such a major, because a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, you know, yeah, he's super rich, but how does that affect me? Well, it affects you because you're part of the majority that has to stay poor for him to stay in the minority that's super rich. Because regardless of how you look at it, you can't have an entire nation of billionaires. You can't. There's not enough wealth and resources to go around. But what you can have is maybe a few select billionaires and then way more millionaires and way more thousandaires before you get all the way down to the bottom. And hopefully when you get down to the bottom, you don't find anybody in poverty. That's what we should want out of our society. But instead, you find a ton of people in poverty, a a, a much, much, much smaller amount in, you know, comfortable level, and then an extremely small amount in the lavish level. Up in Montana, Utah, that's where they live. 
Uh, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is if you take a closer look at how those external forces affect you by acknowledging the fact that you don't have this level of free will, that these external forces have a major impact on your level of success, then you start actively going out and making those changes. I think I was speaking from the area of one of America's freedoms is we, we say we have the freedom of free will in America. We have freedom of speech. We have the freedom of... That's not freedom of free will. I've never heard anyone say that until now. Well, I mean, it's, it's not in the Bill of Rights. Well, nowhere did they write you got the freedom of free will. For one, that's just like redundant. You get what I'm going. I think free will is saying you choose what you want to become and who you want to be, and it's not put into the uh, the world that you're putting the free will in. And I think, like, if I'm if I'm born an indentured servant and a, uh, and I'm born a slave, right? I can't say I have free will. I mean, you can't say it now, but... Well, I can't say it now, but do you get what I'm saying? I, I do. So what you're saying is the freedoms that we have here in America allow us to become who we want to be. And that's where a lot... Of, when you say free will, right. I think that's going to be a lot of where people go towards to say, hey, which freedoms do we have in America versus other countries? Uh, but Okay, but here's the thing. Those are freedoms that are only guaranteed by a government that promises to guarantee them for you. If America falls away, can we still say that we have those freedoms? So technically, they're not even freedoms; they're just privileges granted. Ideals to of us. a democracy. Yeah. yeah, they're they're just privileges granted to us by a government. They're not even technically freedoms. Now, if we wanted to argue about what we're free to do as a human species, you still have to go to the subjective agreements we make with each other about what we want society to be and what we're going to allow people to do. Because point, we're controlled by our desires, but we're. Mouth. Yeah. Well, no, it's perfectly fine because it's an opportunity to talk about how someone else might perceive this. And so if they're looking at it from that perspective, I, I can understand that to a degree. Those freedoms make you feel comfortable because they make you feel that you're free to choose how you live, you know, your life. Mm -hmm. But you need to look at it more closely to the fact that it's how you're free to free to live. That put that in quotes because I, we live in the land of lies. It's not the land of the free. Um, Manipulation. Here's the thing. So long as you're, you you pay for everything, that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll do an episode on whether or not we're free in this country or not. But um, the second you have a social security number, you're no longer free. Yeah. Yeah. So those freedoms, that, that's what I'm saying. People need to look at them more closely because they're, we call them freedoms, but they're just privileges granted to us by our government structure that we decided, hey, this is what we want our people to be able to do. But then on the flip side of that, we also put laws in place by saying this is what you're not allowed to do. So you have to look at it from both sides. Yes, we've got these freedoms, but we also have these restrictions and both of them impact our level of ability to fulfill our desires. They're external forces that affect the choices we make on how we act within society to fulfill our desires. And all of that, again, is based on subjective agreements that, you know, people, of course, they got something, they got some things wrong. They got some shit wrong. Mm. All right. Now, I'm sure that if they were alive today, they'd be like, damn, I wish I could go back and do that again. However, libertarian free will doesn't exist. So they just go back and make the same mistakes again. Yeah. All right. I mean, they, they I, th I think it was Daniel Tosh who said that they were a handful of racist or they were racist with a handful of good ideas. Yeah. Right. That's absolutely true. And, and, and that's the thing. It was a great idea. You know, we, we could easily build off of what is currently standing and make it a lot better. But the only way to do that is if we actively acknowledge the desire for it and, and we go out and we make the changes. And that's not going to happen so long as people believe in free will and objective morality and all this other stuff. We have to hold ourselves accountable for what happens in the society we live in because nobody else is going to do it for us. And if you're if you think that somebody's going to do it after you die, then what is the point? Because it's not helping anybody else. If you're if, if if they're only punished after death or rewarded after death, it does nothing for the living. Mm. And I would rather change things for the living than hope for something great when I die. Mm. Sorry, I just went into a whole atheistic perspective yeah, there, but got in the sermon. But it, it to me, it helps prove the point. I would I would rather us acknowledge and be accountable for what happens in society today than just hope for somebody else to change it later. Well, we can create the groundwork in the cookbook to give them better tools to work with. And we've been trying for a long time. And, and here's the thing. Society so far has always been at least a little bit better than what it was before. It's always been relatively the same as what it was before. So we're getting better, but we're still keeping some of the bad. 
Right. So we can at least hope that if we keep on this trajectory, right, if we keep pushing forward for better progressive, you know, acceptance of us as people, our flaws and everything else, then by the time, you know, we get 100, 150, because here's the thing, there's a lot of the things that are going on right now that I don't see being solved in my lifetime. There's still too much hatred and too much stigma and too much dogma. Dogma is the major problem. And I'm not even talking about religious dogma in and of itself. I'm talking about just dogmatic fervor for anything is a problem. If I think one of the biggest things we need to separate is someone's ability from who they are as a person and what they do. Like, and this is going to upset a lot of people, but I'll go into the R. Kelly argument. Mm -hmm. I'll go into the... What about R. Kelly? Let's just say R. Kelly. Yeah, let's stick with one. Okay. Amazing gift as a singer. Right. Gifted sense. Gave us beautiful music. Mm -hmm. Deserves to be in jail. There's there's a duality there. Yes. But as long as he serves a capitalistic market and people are making money off of his gift, he's not going to be punished for who he is. The same thing with these athletes that we are over-encouraging and they turn out to be shithead people, but they're amazing athletes on the field. We see this in our leadership across the country. Great guys, great ideas, but they turn out to be right. not the best, you know. Right. And until we can address that duality and say, hey, you still need to be punished for what you do and who you, the actions that you've taken, but it doesn't need to impede what your, your gift is and what your gift has given society. Does that make sense? Um, I think it should impede in the fact that if you're an NBA star that goes around killing and raping people, that you should stop being an NBA star. But I mean, we have this desire to remove them completely from. Are you what talking about done. nobody wants to play R. Kelly music? Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I think that you can listen to the music and not feel guilty about it, so long as you're actively helping stop R. Kelly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the 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 way that people can actually get rid of that duality to get rid of that problem is by acknowledging the fact that free will doesn't exist and it's external forces that are making those people do their actions. So we we make changes to our environment to take away those external factors so we get fewer people like that. And expose the external factors that, that exactly. added into their decisions. The same things with these statues that are getting pulled down and all these other people are like, right. well, they were horrible people. Okay, well, our forefathers still did something good, but let's expose the factors of the decisions of what they made and who they became and the shitheads that they were on the public spectrum, let's expose that so that right. we don't make those same decisions again in the future, just based strictly off of what they created. And let's not make these people deities. Does that make like, it makes perfect sense? P- mm-hmm. Take folks down off the pedestal. That's why I think this is important. That's why I said that consequences make me uncomfortable to, to acknowledge the fact that nobody has free will. Right? They did things because they didn't have a choice to. But the, the beauty of it is that we can find out what those external factors are. We can change them and hopefully get fewer and fewer people like them. Absolutely. Yeah. So okay. I think this is a good way to wrap this up. So free will doesn't exist. Find the things that, you know, make you unhappy and see what you can do to change them. I'm Troy. I hate racism. <laughs> Dude, that, that makes it sound like me and Charles do. Like, <laughs> there's that fucking train again. Choo choo. Oh, hey, <laughs> they don't like racism either. Come fight us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is close as we're ever getting to our black card. Yes. <laughs> By the way, that is not a thing. Stop asking for one. This is the outro.